Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. With working from home and trying to stay in touch with friends and family, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to always be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. My moment to chill is watching baseball, especially when the White Sox are on. I like to have a Coors Light beside me. It's a great beer to have watching the games as it's cool and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. And even the mountains on my cans turn blue telling me that it's time to hit reset. Sit back, relax, and hunker down for an evening of White Sox baseball. So when it's time for you to unwind, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate responsibly. When your entire life is online, you need more than just speed from your internet. Xfinity gives you reliable in-home Wi-Fi coverage, plus protection from Wi-Fi network threats. Check out our amazing offers on Xfinity Internet. You'll get fast speed and Wi-Fi coverage you can count on. Plus, get advanced security free with the XFi Gateway, so you can keep the connected devices in your home protected from network threats. Just log in and activate through the Xfinity app. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. From your favorite source for Chicago White Sox talk, delivering news, interviews, analysis, and more. This is the Sox Machine Podcast with your hosts, Jim Margulis and Josh Nelson. Thanks, Rob, and welcome to a special edition of the Sox Machine Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Nelson, and on this episode, we're going to be talking about betting on the upcoming 2020 Major League Baseball season. Believe it or not, as of July 21st, 2020 of this recording, No team in baseball has more bets on them to win the World Series out of Las Vegas than the Chicago White Sox. They are the public pick heading into 2020. Are they a smart bet? Well, we'll look at the current odds before opening day and dish out the chances that other White Sox players could win individual awards. Joining me to break it all down is a good friend of the show. He has his own show on 670 The Score and also hosts Early Odds, one of my favorite shows about sports betting. It's Joe Ostrowski. And hello, Joe. Thanks for joining us. Josh, early odds come back after a four-month hiatus this Saturday morning. So uh, you can go back to listening to the score on Saturday morning. I'm sure you were doing that anyways. Uh, Thanks for coming on the show. This is so strange as I was doing my prep, uh, going over some of these uh, different numbers that are available. I know so many people are dipping their toe in the water of sports betting since it's legalized and now online. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to have many more options. So people are very excited about it. Oh, but uh, quite the year to start when we're talking about these 60 game (laughs) win totals and everybody's pretty much in the same pocket of high 20s, low 30s, somewhere in there. Right. So what do you think about the White Sox being the most popular pick by the public to win the 2020 World Series? It doesn't shock me that a Chicago team is the most public team. 
but it's usually the Cubs, the Bears, or the Blackhawks. Talk to any odds maker, anybody that works at any sports book, they're always one of the three most bet teams. Now, lately, the Bulls have not been included because they haven't been very good ever since Derrick Rose has been uh, gone. And the White Sox, they're just not the popular team in town. They don't get all the hype. It doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't have anything to say about the fan base. They just don't get the national hype. Tim Anderson called Rick Sutcliffe on it the other night on Sunday, <laughs> and it was a beautiful thing to watch because we've seen it time and time again. They ESPN, CBS This Morning, I remember with a tweet once, People forget that the White Sox actually won a World Series. So this is something that we haven't seen before. I don't know about you, Josh. Uh, the perception is that every baseball fan in town draws the line. Cubs or Sox, pick a side when you're a kid, and that's your side forever. Mm -hmm. Don't you think this kind of leads us to believe that maybe that isn't the case? There are a lot of fans that will root for the team that just happens to be winning at the time. I've done two Chicago Cubs podcasts in the last couple of days, and they all keep telling me they feel like the 2020 White Sox are the 2015 Chicago Cubs. Yep. And they are starting to jump on the bandwagon. And I think it makes it easy for them because they had dreams of Aloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease when they were within the Cubs organization. So they have a couple players that they could root for. But, you know, everyone in the city of Chicago – is super hyped about Luis Robert and his potential and what he can do as far as on the field. So I agree with you. I don't think this is just White Sox fans that are coming out no. of the woodshed and start placing bets. I think if it's a lot of Chicagoans making these bets that I wouldn't be surprised, Joe, if it's a lot of Cubs fans making these bets on the White Sox to win the World Series. And it's national. Like, nobody's traveling or not. A lot of people are traveling right now to Las Vegas, and Vegas sports books are telling us the most bets of any team to win the World Series, not the Cubs, not the Dodgers, not the Yankees. Uh, those are your usual uh, teams that are in there near the top every year. It is the White Sox, and it's not close. I saw a few minutes ago DraftKings Sportsbook was tweeting something out about all the, the action that they're getting on the White Sox just to win the Central, too. So it is amazing to watch. Uh, word is out. I talked with uh, Dave Sherapan on the show earlier today about it, and uh, he, they have moved the World Series odds when they opened up. White Sox were 70 to 1. <laughs> they are 20 to 1 right now. Oh, my God. 20 to 1. Josh, I, I'm not trying to scare you or upset you, but I will just say this. As a longtime better, the, the teams that move from 70 to 20 before a game is played, doesn't usually work out. Think the Bears and the Browns last year, Mitchell Trubisky, right. MVP, uh, just to localize it <laughs> oh, a little God. bit. It usually doesn't work out, but it doesn't mean they it's World Series or bust. We're not even in that stage in the rebuild here. You're just I, I think most level-headed Sox fans are looking at that next step to the 500 mark, but some have gone 0 to 60. Anything can happen in 60 games. I'm all in on the World Series division pennant, MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year. <laughs> Give me everything. And we're going to break those down as far as where 
the White Sox individuals are for those categories. So while you're listening to this episode, if you want to buy into the hype, if you want to play some bets, a lot of the odds that I'm going to be citing off are from Rivers Casino just outside of Chicago and their sports book because that's the book that I was using. Or for those that are Northwest Indiana, I the, the Hammond Horseshoes where I play some bets uh, back in February. So those are the odds that I, I'm pulling in as we discuss as far as on this show. But as you mentioned, as far as buying into the hype, so my experiment for the 2020 season, Joe, I'm going to be betting the White Sox money line on every game. And the reason is that in 2019, a 72-win White Sox team, if you bet a dollar on the White Sox money line for every game last year, you came out ahead $8.30. And that's because... They obviously being an underdog for so many of their games when they did win again, like a team against the Minnesota twins, they may get plus two fifty money line. And that adds up over the course of the season. Uh, the best team shocker was the New York Yankees. Cause they won so many darn games last year. Uh, but you know, if you, they play white Sox played 161 games last year. If you bet a dollar in every game, it's $161. You finished with $169 after the 2019 season. I think this team is better, Joe, and I'm going to run this experiment. I'm going to bet $5 on the White Sox money line for every game this season, no matter the odds, to see how far ahead or below I come out. Am I crazy for trying this? Don't do this, Josh. Do not do this. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I know you uh, were very convenient there. Like, hey, it happened last year. There's going to be times when they get a lot of plus money against the Twins. You're right, and you're right. Doesn't mean it's going to happen this year, and you conveniently just dismiss. You didn't bring up uh, all the games against the Tigers and the Royals when Lucas Giolito's on the mound, and the White Sox are going to be minus 300, minus 350 in those one game. <laughs> that that one yeah. game, that one time Giolito loses to one of those teams, you're going to give up profit. Uh, maybe over a couple of games. Do not do this. And just because they did it last year doesn't mean it's going to be this year. We just spent a few minutes talking about the hype of the White Sox. So what is that going to mean uh, for the daily money line? People are going to be betting on the White Sox. They, they're already invested. Yeah. So I, I think I, I would never suggest bet a team money line every single day. Never look at the price. I would never do that. But I do want to see what kind of numbers are we going to see? Are they going to be favored against the Indians? I mean, maybe uh, home Uh games. Maybe they will, even though I don't think there's much of a home field advantage this year. I I want to see how odds makers handle that. But, yeah, also keep in mind they are the public team. And when it's against Detroit or Kansas City, I mean, even a guy like Dylan Cease, who hasn't proven much yet, uh, Steve Stone thinks he's going to take have amazing strides this year. But I would think against those teams, he was going to be a very heavy favorite. Does Dylan Cease deserve to be a minus 200 favorite against any team? I I don't know. I, 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 would, I would not suggest doing the, this experiment. But I understand why you want to because you're watching it last year and you're like, I'm going to do this next year. I'm going to bet on them every single day. So with all of that said, it's probably going to happen again. So if you want to, if you don't care about the $5, you're not worried about turning a profit, just entertainment, have at it. Yeah, and a good example as far as the public swaying odds. So I got opening day odds on Saturday, so about four days ago, for White Sox money line Mm -hmm. at plus 102 on opening day. 
Right now, it's minus one seventeen for the White Sox. <laughs> See, it's happening, yeah. man. It's so happening if, off two exhibition off games. two exhibition games. So a five dollar bet would pay out nine dollars and thirty cents right now for those that are listening that don't understand as far as the odds uh, fully. Uh, so for my one hundred two plus, if the White Sox win, I make like ten dollars and ten cents. Uh, off that bet. So an 80 cent difference between when I bet on Saturday and for those that tried to get uh, on the money line right now for the White Sox. Uh, so they are now the favorite. I have a suggestion. I have a suggestion. I want to see how odds makers handle this. So we're having this crazy scenario. You're starting a season at the end of July. It's not going to be cold Chicago weather when the pitchers typically have the advantage. Where are these odds makers going to set the over-unders early on in the season? Now, they will adjust quickly, but will you have any sort of advantage with uh, a lineup like the White Sox uh, betting overs in the right spots or looking at team totals, mm. like say the White Sox team total for a night and and you think they have a, good, uh, a big advantage against a pitcher is four and a half or five runs betting the over there. That could, that could be a way to look at things too. Yeah, and – for those that like to bet, I like live betting during a game. And I mentioned this on our last show. I think this year, Joe, the danger zone is going to be the fifth through the seventh innings mm-hmm. where you're having the starting pitchers who I, I really don't believe at the beginning of the season are physically ready to carry a six or seven inning consistent workload that when they are facing a lineup for the third time and you have that first reliever come out of the bullpen I wonder if we're going to see some crazy scoring as far as out outbursts in those innings where if you do the over under per inning and if it's, you know, over a half run, that's typically the the normal betting line. I think I'm just going to automatically bet the over on runs scored in the fifth, sixth and seventh inning to at least have one run scored by both teams. Just because I think that transition from the starting pitcher to the full first guy to the bullpen is going to be prime for offenses to take advantage of that situation. And don't forget about, of course, the new rule that we're going to see that uh, t- if you're coming in, you're going to have to face at least three batters unless it's the end of an inning. So right. if a player, if a pitcher's in trouble and the heart of the lineup is coming in, that might be be a time to pounce. And I always say this, if you know a team well, obviously uh, your listeners and you, Josh, with the White Sox, know Renteria's tendencies a little bit. You know that bullpen better than the most, better than most, better than the algorithms that are uh, setting those lines. You do have the advantage when it comes to the pen. Now let's talk about some of the our favorite bets for this upcoming 2020 season. We're going to start with the futures bets here. And, of course, when it comes to future bets, so many bettors start with the World Series. And, you know, we talked about the White Sox. Vegas has them at plus 20 to 1. Uh, right now at Rivers Casino, you can get them. You can get the White Sox at plus 24 to 1. That's a joke. It is. <laughs> Don't you think? Well, I mean, honestly, look at here's what I like to do, Josh, when when we're trying to figure things out and, and see if there is some value. I'm not saying don't spend your money if you want to bet on the White Sox. If you're dead set on that, go ahead. Uh, have fun. But I'm just saying the range that they're in, like, OK, if we're counting down two, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, jeez, 
There are 11 teams with smaller numbers at BetRivers.com, 11 teams. So they're saying the White Sox are an average team, but they're also putting it at 24 to 1. If you are in the middle of the pack, don't you think the, the number should be larger than 24 to 1? Well, I got them in June at 30 to 1, and I did that as a joke bet. <laughs> like <laughs> You got good value. Yeah, I'm like, oh, here's five bucks. You know, I've spent five dollars in worse ways. So win me $150, White Sox. You know, that, that's how I did it. So to see that value go down now, I, I am really surprised. But, yeah, I would think uh, just knowing the White Sox team, I would say they got – I would put them between 40 to 50 to 1. Like, yeah, I, I don't fair. think I would buy at 20 to 1. It's – if you're looking to jump in now – my betting advice is you guys missed the boat. You're too late. Now, if you're right. dead set on having a ticket, you think it's going to happen, go ahead. Um, my only suggestion is uh, let's see if another book opens in the next couple of days. Or, Josh, as you know, don't think that you have to get your World Series bet in before Friday's first game. Right. These are available every single day. And what if the Sox start out 0-3? There's going to be some value there. Every game is worth 2.7 games in a normal season. If uh, a team starts out 0-3, 0-4, that was hyped, uh, that number is going to drop a little bit. Maybe a 24 will go to 30. Right. So I kind of want to go down my list, Joe, and then I'd like to hear your list as far as serious World Series bets. So I, I have the Dodgers at plus 375. That's the chalk pick. The one that I'm very confident in, it's a chaotic season, and I think there's no team that embraces chaos better than the Tampa Bay Rays. And I got them at plus 18. And my real long shot, because I cannot get a good grasp on this team, and I think they're in the same boat as the Chicago White Sox, is the San Diego Padres at at 45-1. to 1. And I, I think that is a long shot, but I think this Padres team could win – 32 or 33 games this year because I don't think the Rockies, Giants, and Diamondbacks are all that great. Uh, And they will face some pretty weak teams in the American League West as well. Um, But I think 32 or 33 wins this year gets you into the National League playoffs. And if you're a 45-1 to shot, it's still a long shot to get to the World Series or, or win the World Series, but at least you're in the race. And that's all I'm asking the Padres to do with that bet is just get into the race and give me false hope. Uh, but that's what I'm going with as far as outside of the White Sox. My my three serious World Series bets, Dodgers, Rays, and Padres. You nailed it last year with the Washington Nationals. So so what do you got this time around? Oh, boy. Pressure. <laughs> uh, that's funny. I think you're going to like a couple of my picks. First off, with your Dodgers pick, I can't sit here and say that's a bad pick with all the talent that they have on that roster, and they're in the National League. They, they should have a much easier path. They don't have to deal with like the Astros and the Yankees on the American League side. But in a, especially in a year like this, Josh, 60 games, we don't know how these players are going to react after after a second spring training. Uh, I'm just I'm going to take longer shots. I'm going to look for some sort of value. Uh, first team that I've written down, first team that I've been thinking about for months, Tampa Bay Rays. I'm with you 100%, and I was hoping that I'd be able to to find value elsewhere, but it looks like that 18 to 1, that's the number at this point. Uh, there was more value at a time, but now the season's here, and I'm looking at DraftKings, and that is also the number that they have. Uh, the Rays, 
18 to 1, history with the openers. They try different things, talk about depth. Those are the sort of rosters that I'm looking at. So I, I'd go with Rays at 18 to 1, and that would actually be the one with the shortest number. You mentioned San Diego. I also wrote down San Diego at 45 to 1. So I agree with your selection there. I haven't heard a lot of conversation about the Milwaukee Brewers in the National League Central. If you talk to people up there, they're down on them. But maybe this is so dumb. This is a dumb angle. But there are going to be dumb ones out there uh, in a year with rule changes, and we don't know exactly what to expect with 60 games in 66 days. A long shot on Milwaukee at 35-1 to 1, I don't think is dumb with uh, how council has worked that over the last few years. And along the same lines as San Diego, I think Arizona, if you if you prefer them to San Diego at 50 to one, that isn't awful. I was hoping the number on Oakland would be longer than 25 to one, Josh. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And between Oakland and Tampa, I again, I put my money on Tampa, but I could see Oakland being a pretty popular pick as well. If I had to pick one, I'd say race. Yeah. Would you? Yep. I would I would go race. I, I would definitely okay. go race. It's just not – again, they brace chaos better than any team. This is also a very deep team, and they also have many prospects ready to go, and the best prospect in baseball in Wander Franco could make an appearance this year. So they could get help. Uh, the only issue they got to overcome is playing in Florida right now. <laughs> so we'll see on how they do within their bubble. Uh, for the White Sox, looking – just at the American League for the American League pennant, they are fifteen to one to win the American League pennant, and the American League Central they are plus twenty, uh, sorry, plus two eighty five right now, so a little shy of, of three to one. And I got them at three to one in June, so a five dollar bet would be nineteen dollars and twenty five cent payout. Or if you really want to go big, a hundred dollar bet on the White Sox would turn out to be three hundred eighty five dollars. I did not bet on the White Sox to win the American League pennant, Joe, because I just don't have a lot of confidence. Again, my World Series pick for the White Sox is just a homer, kind of a joke bet, real long shot. But in the American League Central, I feel like if there's anywhere to bet or put money on the White Sox that you are hoping to win or have a serious chance of winning, I like these odds for the White Sox, especially when you look at divisional odds the Indians are slightly ahead of the White Sox and the Twins are in the negative right now as far as the odds. How do you like the AL Central bet for the White Sox? I I don't mind it. When, when it was plus 350, I liked it and I, I talked about it on the air. And I think you can make a case for the White Sox winning the division. The problem is the value has been completely sucked out. I mean, plus 285. Think about this. We're, we're, we're going on and on about Tampa and this 18 to 1 and how we like that number. And how they, they have so much depth and they can they embrace the chaos. And as long as there are games, we really like Tampa. Tampa's plus 350. And I know they're dealing with the Yankees. Uh, but the White Sox are all the way down at plus 285. Uh, yeah. Here's the thing. As everyone is getting excited about the Sox offense, and you should be very happy, oh, find me a weakness. Can somebody please? It's about the defense, for one. That is the one big concern. Mm-hmm. But, but Josh, I think the floor is definitely 500, and that's nothing to sneeze at. This is a 72-win team that just had a 10-win jump. So now we're talking about, in a 162 situation, another 9-win jump on top of that. 
So if they go 500, they should be pretty happy. And I'm not saying that they would be. But it's just the back of the rotation. Are you going to find something with either Cease, Ronaldo Lopez, or Rodon? Because you, you have trust with right. one and two. Can you find a third starter? And then we get to the bullpen, and th- that's what makes this season so challenging. Teams are going to have to lean on these bullpens more than they ever have before. If you needed to trust three guys, now you're going to have to trust four to five on a regular basis. Like Managers are out there talking about it right now. Well, I, I hope the first week our guys are able to go five innings. That's the hope. So – so what is the bullpen going to be? Hey. The, the thing that you can't really project much from year to year on a team. If Renteria finds four guys that he could lean on heavily, that means they have a strong bullpen in my mind, and then they're going to be okay. But it, it comes down to the back end of the rotation. One of those guys, can they come through between uh, Lopez, Lopez, Rodon, and Cease? I would not make the bet at plus 85, to, just to be clear. So moving away from the White Sox, let's look at the White Sox individual players. And we'll start with the American League Cy Young. Lucas Giolito is 18-1 to 1 to win the American League Cy Young. I did throw $5 on Lucas Giolito. I wrote about this on SoxMachine.com when you looked at 60 game as far as uh, sets from the 2019 season. In the first 60 games last year, you can make a very strong case that Lucas Giolito could have been the American League Cy Young. Absolutely. I if he can duplicate that performance again in 2020 in another 12 game game started sample, I like the 18 to one odds for Lucas Giolito. It's it's a bit of a longer shot, especially when you consider other pitchers ahead of him. A pitcher back in February that I did put money on was Cleveland Indians starter Shane Bieber. He was at 10 to one when I put that bet on the at the Hammond Horseshoe Casino. Uh, mm-hmm. He is now eight to one. So his odds have gone down a little bit. Uh, who are some of your favorites in the AL Cy Young as far as future bets? Well, I want to talk uh, more about strategy, and I'll throw some names out there. But uh, my, I, I see this is where the human element comes in when we're talking about player awards. So how are the voters going to handle this? Are they strictly going to go by fan graphs war? Okay, you were the best player. I don't really know what to do. You're a starting pitcher, and you had 12, 13 starts. Like, how do I hand out the Cy Young? Or is it going to be the superstar right. players? Are they going to go that route? I, when it comes to these player awards or home run leaders, all of this stuff, I'm just going to take a bunch of shots, Josh. I, I'm just going to take a bunch of long shots. So when we're in that 18 to 1 range, I get it with Lucas Giolito. Yeah, the middle of the season, he's ERA, even though that's not the perfect metric to look at when evaluating a starting pitcher. It was 2 2 2 in the middle of the yeah. season. So you can make the strong case for Lucas Giolito, and you think they're going to win the Central, they're going to contend for the pennant. That is certainly fair. But I'm just going to take a look at some of these longer names, some teams that might just – some players that just uh, could have a good couple of months and then look what happens. I mean, Miner, wasn't his his war up there with the, some of the leaders throughout much of the season? And you could find him at 60-1 to 1 if you really believe in the White Sox. He's got that ground ball working, man. What if – can Dallas Keuchel be the best starter in the rotation and the Sox win the division? That's possible. He's ninety to one. Mm-hmm. He's ninety to one. Ninety to one. Ninety to one right now. So all right, got to put five bucks on that. I'm gonna take. Uh, <laughs> I've also heard people make the case that maybe this is a year when you're leaning on bullpens more, in which a relief pitcher 
an elite relief pitcher can actually earn the Cy Young Award. So if you find some elite guys at monster numbers, like triple digits, maybe maybe they're worth a shot. I see a Rose Chapman at 150. Yeah, but it's, I don't think Chapman's going to be ready to go. It sounds like in right. New York that he won't be ready to I'm go. I'm just an exa- throwing a name out there, right. But, I, th- I mean, we did get this fan question from one of our Patreon supporters, Eric, because he was asking, are there any relievers to place bets on? And I think in the National League, you have maybe the best example in Josh Hader. Like, going back to the Milwaukee Brewers and being a launch shot of the World Series, that's going to be a tight race in the National League Central. It should be a four-team race all 60-game season long. Is Josh Hader the difference for the Brewers to consistently lock down the opposing teams in the seventh and eighth inning? And because he makes 25 appearances in a season, he throws as many innings as, like, Jack Flaherty and Walker Buehler does uh, in a season. Do the voters, because the human element, look at Hader and say, hey, he pitched in more games, he was involved in more outcomes for the Milwaukee Brewers, and he was the difference in the Brewers winning the National League Central. And I don't know what Hader's odds are at the moment in the National League Cy Young race, but that was the first name that came to mind as far as possible relievers to target. Are are there other relievers that you thought of, Joe? No, not yet, because that's actually a question that I asked Dave Ross with the rule changes, and we know these starters aren't going to be ready uh, from – Week one, I asked him about this earlier today, and we're hearing so much conversation about the openers. Are there going to be hands out there that we don't know about? Maybe that's something to monitor in the first couple of weeks of the season, and they're not even available to bet on. But then in a couple of weeks, people start asking about them. Then they decide to put their numbers up there. Uh, That's something that I would keep a close eye on. How are certain teams using these relievers, and how, how, how is it going to be different than most seasons for the majority of the year? Yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating. I mean, I don't know. Again, you brought up the point, like, with human voters. I mean, if Kirby Yates, again, for the San Diego Padres, has 25 saves at a 60-game season, is he going to get a lot of Scion votes? Because, again, it's the whole voting system. Uh, it, it is fascinating, Eric, and it, it's a very good question. For me, I'm only comfortable putting money on Josh Hader to be that reliever as the long shot to win the Cy Young. Uh, I'm still going to stick with starting pitchers, but it's not out of the realm of possibility for a reliever to win this award. It's just really hard for me to lock down, Joe, on which of the relievers can make those many appearances and still rack up the numbers to entice voters to vote for that reliever instead of a starting pitcher. It's a, it's such a wild year. Like for the MVP award, like at least with home run leader, with most hits, if you're looking at something like that, batting champion, the numbers are there. It's not hard to figure out. The data tells you who won the award, but how are these people going to do it? I, I still think when it comes to Cy Young, that with the human element and the guys that have been doing this forever, they always vote starting pitchers, so they're going to find a starting pitcher to vote on. You have to be so dominant. You have to be a complete game changer uh, a few times a week for a reliever to get this award. Um, There's going to be probably one starter, Josh, that is red hot over two months, even though we're talking about the, the warm air and the ball flying out. Yeah, and that's why with the National League science, so I, I have bets on Shane Bieber and Lucas Giolito. In the National League, I got Walker Bueller at ten to one in February. He's also down to eight to one, and I think he's going to become the ace of the Los Angeles Dodgers staff, taking over yes. for Clay and Kershaw. Uh, is there anyone else in the National League uh, that you like as far as Cy Young? 
Yeah, let me um, let me quickly pull that up. Here we go. Here's the National League Cy Young. Did you see Eno, Eno Saris pick you, Darvish? Yeah, he did, and then I kind of <laughs> laughed when you Darvish had his uh, first inning. You Darvish is twenty to one. No, right now. No, no, he was fifty earlier uh, in the off season. Like you could, oh, if you want to wow. take a shot, fine. Um, as long as we're talking Cubs, I just noticed Kyle Hendricks is sixty-six to one. See, I like that yes. better than Darvish. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, are you buying the Diamondbacks? I I I don't have a good grasp on, on the Mad Bum's a hundred to one. So I I'm kind of going with the same strategy. I, I'm gonna take a look at some of these longer names, not not the older guys. Jeez, why is they put Quintana out there just so people will bet on him here in Chicago? Quintana's a hundred fifty to one. I don't even know if he's gonna pitch this year at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I look at, at some of these longer names. Man, I really like Hendricks, and he had that curveball working the other day. Uh, maybe I'm completely overreacting to what we saw. Uh, they do list Josh Hader at fifty to one. Okay, so see that might be worth five bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to look at the top of the board. Although I, I will mention that I was uh, I was talking up Trevor Bauer as well earlier in the year in Cincinnati is one of those odd teams that pe- a lot of people are talking about as well. Uh, I, I liked him a lot more when he was 50 to one. Uh, so, but so this number has been absolutely slashed. What is it now? 20. Same as Darvish. See, I'd rather put money on Luis Castillo. If you're going to put any money on a Cincinnati red, how about Paddock 33 to one? We talked about, San I Diego. love that pick. Yeah. I think Paddock could be a star and I think he's going to be right there in the running. I would not be surprised, Joe, if Paddock finished in the top three this year. Yes. I think he could be that good. Oh. And again, 33 to one odds. You, you got to like that. I mean, that's the type of investments that I would be looking to make. And even say, if the Cubs win the division this year, I got to assume Kyle Hendricks would be a big part mm-hmm. of that. And if you can, if you get, if you got three guys as the top three, and you, if you did put money on Bueller, he's a popular pick. But you, if Hendricks and Paddock arrive there, you are looking at a pretty good payday just out of the National League Cy Young. If Hendricks does it, the, the year he finally gets the opening day start, he's viewed as the ace, passing of the torch in some ways. You could have that narrative going as John Lester is probably pitching his last year with the Cubs. And uh, you Darvish may look like a lot of wasted money <laughs> for the OMS team. Uh, I could see it. If, if the Cubs win the division, uh, a public team, uh, some voters will get behind him. He's a really nice guy. Uh, but the the question is, see, we always, he doesn't get the hype. Even though he's been good for so long, he's an ERA champion in 2016, for some reason he doesn't get talked about as much as some of the other guys. That could change, though. I could see that changing in 2020, though. Sure. I mean, if he's if the Cubs are winning every single start that he's making, and if he goes on a Jake Arrieta type of run, yeah. I, I could see the conversation switching. So that's the Sion. As far as the MVPs, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. I, I've pretty much skipped on the MVP because I really don't know on how this is going to go down. Mike Trout's like 200 is like two to one. And that's not worth even putting money on. Is he playing? <laughs> exactly. Um, so for the white Sox players, Yohan Mikata has got the best odds. He's 40 to one. Yasmani Grandel's 50 to one. Aloy Jimenez is 50 to one. Luis Robert is 55 to one. Oh my God. Tim Anderson is <laughs> one fifty to one. And so is Edwin Encarnacion. So if you put five bucks on Tim Anderson and he wins the MVP, that's a $755 payout. 
Uh, I have to admit, Joe, these are homer bets, but I put five bucks on Grandal. I put five bucks on Luis Robert, and I put five bucks on Tim Anderson because they are such incredible launch shots, but they are homer picks. Uh, but again, for the most part, I am skipping out on putting serious money on the MVP races because it could it could be very chalk. You know, Trout could win, Bellinger could win. Yeah, every year in the American League is uh, Mike Trout going to get injured? He's just okay. Now I'll bet on the award. Oh, he's going to be healthy all year. Yeah, I'm going to skip out because he's going to he's going to get the yeah. award. Um, it, it the number isn't as juicy as it was earlier in the off season. You can uh, sense a theme here, but. I can't believe Luis Roberts down to 55. Give me the guy on Monday night, made his return from coronavirus, said, hey, I know you guys are talking about Aloy and about Luis Robert, how he's all world, and he's a mix of Bo Jackson and Andrew Jones. Thank you, Joe McEwing. You know, just all these insane Hall of Fame comps that are being thrown his way. Hey, my name's Yoan Moncada. I was the number one prospect in all of baseball. James Feagan gave me an MVP vote. I'm still the best player on the team. I'm still here. I loved how strong that he looked last night. I I think Mankata at 40 to 1. It's not what it was at 66 to 1 earlier this offseason, but uh, of these Sox bets, that's the one that I would make. And it's still good value. Like 40 to 1, you put five bucks on that. For you're a 5 7 war guy. Yeah, you're going to win 200 bucks. I mean, it's not on the. He's got the same odds as Marcus Simeon. And Marcus Simeon was a top three MVP candidate last year, along with Alex Bregman and Mike Trout. So I, I don't out, think it's. Scratch out all the Astros, too, while you're at it. Yeah, yeah, good luck. I would not put any money on Houston Astros players this year. Uh, all right, so that's the MVP votes. Okay, let's go into our last bets here. We This kind of follows the theme of last year. We're going to pick three teams we think are going to hit the over for their wins and three teams we think are going to hit the unders. Joe was awesome last year with the overs. All of his teams that he picked hit the over, hit the over. I was great on the unders. All of my teams hit the under. I was terrible on the overs. Okay. Thank you, Arizona, for saving me. But, Joe, let's go ahead and start with the overpicks. Who do you like for the Major League Baseball teams to hit their over on wins? Okay, so uh, I do the overs, you do the unders. We're going to both give three on each side, but last year, uh, looking at the success there. See, there are some teams I wrote down, Josh, and then I looked up the number. I'm like, no, no, I love Tampa, but 33 and a half, and I'm paying minus 130 juice? No, thanks. I really like Oakland, 33 and a half, which is equal to a 90 win season for the over under. I can't bet that. So I think there's actually some value in the NL West teams, not named the Dodgers. You have Arizona at 31 and a half, which is equivalent to 85 wins. And San Diego, uh, we both like 30 and a half, Josh. 30 and a half, which is about a, obviously a 500 season, just about there. And Tatis with a 3-6 F4, sorry, uh, Machado at 3-1 respectively. I, I think both of those guys are even better than those numbers show. So I'm going to go over on Arizona at 31 and a half, over San Diego at 30 and a half. You have so much Dodgers love. People are forgetting about the other teams in the division and how talented they truly are. And this is a bit of a <laughs> stretch I'm going to. To the American League Central. I'm I'm fishing at the bottom. 
I'm going to take over Kansas City at 23 and a half under Mike Matheny. That's about uh, 63 and a half wins in a full season. I'm with you in Kansas City. Wow. And I'm I'm still fishing on the bottom. I got Detroit over 21 and a half, and I got Miami as well over. Oh boy. But isn't that number pretty high? Is it is the Miami number pretty high? Uh, the last time I saw the Miami number, again, the difference of projections, I got 24 and a half. And both Fangraphs and Pakoda uh, have 26 to 27 wins for Miami. So trying to follow those projection systems and trying to highlight what the biggest differences are between what the the books are projecting and what the other projection systems are going for. Tigers, Royals, and Marlins have the biggest positive difference that they're going to win more games than what the sports books are saying. Again, take it with a grain of salt, folks. I only had one of those hit last year, uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep yeah, running and, with and it. And the books obviously look at these numbers before they post right. any num- any lines, you know? It, so, yeah. yeah. You're looking for differences. You're looking for some kind of angle. I get yeah. it. So, but this is where I'm confident in this system on the under. So the three teams that I have on the under, the Phillies under 31 and a half, the projection systems like the Phillies to be a 29-win team this year. I know they have Joe Girardi, but after Aaron Noah and Zach Wheeler, Vince Velasquez looked pretty good against the Yankees, but I'm still pretty shaky as far as the Phillies. And that is a tough schedule, a tough, tough schedule that the Phillies will play. Someone in the National League East out of those four teams will finish below 500, and I think the Phillies will. The Yankees at 37 and a half wins, Joe. That is way too high, in my opinion. I I got the Yankees zeroed in at 35 wins this year. Uh, So I'm taking the under on New York. And another National League East team that I'm taking the under on is the Atlanta Braves at 33.5. The projection system's like 31 to 32 wins for the Braves this year. Uh, So those are the three that I'm most confident are going to hit the unders. Atlanta, New York, and Philadelphia. I think the Yankees could still win the division, but 37 and a half wins is, is just too much. Okay, I'm going to start in that division, but it isn't with the Yankees. Let's go to Boston, man. This number is at 30 and a half, and we, we know about the schedule. They're going to have a lot of games against the Yankees and the Rays. 30 and a half, Josh. Uh, can you name their number one starting pitcher? Nathan Eovaldi. <laughs> it's like Eovaldi, Perez. Weber and Johnson. That is the Red Sox rotation going against those Yankees and Rays lineups. This is just going to be a, a season in which maybe they're going to be playing for the draft pick, man. They could. And you lose bats and you lose sale. Like Boston under 30 and a half. They're always a public team. So that number is probably higher than it should be. San Francisco at 25 and a half. I wish I got more value here. Uh, this is about 68 C9 wins, but you have uh, no Buster Posey. And Josh, last year, the Giants were arguably the luckiest team in all of baseball. They o- they only won 77 games, but in extra inning games, yep. they went 13 and three. In, Isn't that crazy? In well, this is crazier. In one run games, they went 38 and 16. <laughs> They're gonna be awful. Give me under the Giants, 25 and a half. And um, I struggled with my last one, but I'm going to go with uh, under Seattle. Even though they only had 68 wins last year, another team that was pretty lucky. Uh, and, and, you know, Pote has been out there even before coronavirus. He's like, hey, 
don't judge us by wins this year. <laughs> when you hear that from general managers, it's usually bad news. You've heard that from Rick Hahn in the past, and we know how that works out. So give me Seattle under 24 and a half. Boston, San Francisco, Seattle. Does Baltimore win 20 games this year? Probably not. <sighs> Probably not, but I'm not betting it. I, I like the Seattle and San Francisco bets because at some point when things are really ugly after the first 30 games, Joe, they're going to start tanking. Hardcore. Yes. These teams have to take holes gonna... after five weeks of baseball. Are we buyers or sellers? Right. They're gonna they're gonna get hashtag rocked for rocker. They're gonna start trying to get that number one pick so they can pick Kumar Rocker oh. in next year's draft. It's not John Rocker. No, not okay, John Rocker. <laughs> Kumar yeah, Rocker. But yeah, but no, I, I like the San Francisco and Seattle pick. I also like the Boston pick too. I just I don't think they're going to be very good this year. So under 30 and a half makes a lot of sense. And uh, again, you can listen to Joe on 670 The Score in Chicago or on the radio.com app. His show is weekday nights from 6 to 10 p.m. Central Time, unless the Chicago Cubs are playing. You can listen to Joe's show, Early Odds, that is returning on Saturday mornings, again, on 670 The Score or radio.com to hear what the betting experts are placing their wagers on for all sports. It's one of my favorite shows to listen to because it helps me make money, and that is critical when it comes to betting shows. And Joe, best of luck with your Major League Baseball bets this year. I hope we make some money, and it would be great if the White Sox or any of their players hit any of these futures. And as always, thanks for coming on the show. Josh, thank you so much. I've got an eye out. I'll be watching you in the White Sox Cycle Club, okay? (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Don't bet on me to to hit 20 miles in an hour. I don't think that's going to happen this year. But that will do it for this episode of the Sox Machine Podcast. If you're new to the show, subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Sox Machine and help support us at patreon.com slash Sox Machine. I'm Josh Nelson. Thanks for listening to the Sox Machine Podcast. When you rely on the internet for everything, you need speed that can handle anything. And now Xfinity delivers Wi-Fi speed faster than a gig. Check out our amazing offers on internet and learn about the latest breakthrough from Xfinity. Wi-Fi speed faster than a gig. That's more than enough speed to power all your devices and then some. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Gig Wi-Fi requires gig speed and compatible x gateway. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.